Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Before we get started, I am asking for donations to keep my show free of ads and interruptions and provide the best quality information out there. There is a link in the description below. And again, thank you so much for supporting my podcast and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path. Covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between. Making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. And we are recording. Hello, Anna. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Michael. Yourself? I'm doing really well. And I'm really happy that you're on today. I've had so many of my friends asked me, Michael, have you heard about human design? Do you know much about it? And I had to say, no, I don't. But I did have a little bit of information from Nelson when he was on the podcast. And he kind of just touched on it briefly. So I said, I'll have to find somebody who can really talk about this because this is really fascinating stuff. And I'm really pumped that you're on the show today because so many of my listeners are going to be going, thank you, Michael. Finally, I can finally find somebody who knows human design. That being said, Anna, what is human design? And maybe just maybe if you can just touch on the history behind it. Sure. So what I like to say is human design is a tool we can use in these times. It came in the 1980s. It was actually downloaded to somebody who was a very scientific individual. He was not into spirituality or anything that didn't have proof. He was on an island in Ibiza, Spain. I might be saying that wrong. And he came home to his cabin, which had no electricity in the middle of the night, and there was lights on in his cabin. So he was a little bit weirded out by that. The story goes that he came into his cabin and he heard a voice that told him to start writing and he started writing and he kept on writing for about eight days. He thought he went crazy. He had all these papers with all this jumbo written all over and didn't know what it was or what to do with it. He confided in a friend of his. He asked this friend to throw out all the paperwork and she luckily kept it because later this paperwork turned into the human design system. So that's how the story goes as far as I was told it. And what human design is, is it's a synthesis of the ancient traditions of humanity today. So we've got astrology, we've got the I Ching, we've got the chakra system, and we've got the tree of life, mainly the Kabbalah. So it takes these four ancient traditions and it combines it into one. And yes, you're right, Michael, it's absolutely fascinating. I've I'm just happy that people are asking about it finally, because I heard about it back in 2005 and fell in love with it immediately because of how accurate it is. And it was a bit of a challenge trying to engage people in even wanting to learn about what it was at that time. And now I find it's popping up everywhere. So this is, I think humanity's finally ready for the messages it, it brings. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. You know, it's always about timing. Like the universe has their own set of time, uh, what when things need to be released and what when is it really possible to get things out there? And it, again, I always it's always amazes me how many times where you know something that you know like 2005 now it's becoming more relevant. It's coming more mainstream because at this time in our critical juncture around you know 2021, people are looking for information. They're looking for changes, 
and what's happening. And they really kind of need like a blueprint. And the, it, because it has so many layers to it, it's so intricate. It's so, it's so fascinating. I mean, I, I have so hard to describe it because it, it carries so much because astrology in, in itself can be very accurate. But then if you add I Ching and then you add the Kabbalah system, all these ancient wisdoms together and then form a blueprint for somebody. I mean, that must be just crazy, crazy powerful. I think it is. And the, the most rewarding part for me is when I tell somebody about their human design, I read their life chart. I can literally see light bulbs going off in their head. And sometimes it's they, the client feedback I get is I feel like I've been seen and heard for the very first time in my life. Like it's that accurate in some cases. And that's exactly what happened to me actually as well. I had a reading done um, and then I had another reading done that was a bit more um, by someone who had a better understanding of the system. And within like the first few lines, she opened up and said something to me. And I was just like, how do you, how do you know my deepest yearnings, my deepest feelings inside? Like, how do you know that? Like, it was just... I needed to know how did they, how can they look at a piece of paper and tell me things about me that sometimes I don't even know unless it's pointed out to me or unless I give it deeper contemplation. Wow. That is, that is very cool. I, I, I love that. And it's amazing how freakily accurate these can be. Like you can just sit there, how, like you said, how do you know that? Mm -hmm. I mean, on some levels, you know, on a subconscious level, we kind of know things about ourselves, but it's not into the forefront until somebody actually talks about it. And uh, yeah, that's why everybody was so pumped about human design. Like it's, it's, it's the new old thing. It's, it's now it's getting cool <laughs> now to talk about human design because people are starting to know about it. And it's going to be like, yeah, I, I knew about that 2005. Like, where were you guys? <laughs> it's, it's like everyone talks about, yeah, I'm a Gemini. I'm an Aries. I'm, I'm a Scorpio. And now the conversation is going to turn into, I'm a manifesting generator. I'm a reflector. I'm a projector. So it's starting to happen, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for the day. So, I mean, when was your first reading? Was it 2005? Is that when you kind of got hooked yes. on this? It was 2005. A friend of mine, a very spiritual lady told me about an, a lady who was coming to Toronto from the UK and she was giving a reading in this trendy little cafe in Bloor, Bloor and, and, and Bathurst in Toronto, which isn't there anymore. I can't remember the name of it, but I met with this lady and she was telling me a little bit about the system. And then she asked me if I wanted a reading. And I said, yeah, I do actually. So she was my first encounter with human design. And as soon as I had that reading, I just wanted to know more. There was something that went off in me, like a, like a quest just to learn more and study more. So I started getting books at the time I had to go in person. I was much younger at the time. So I wasn't traveling as readily. And I started learning online and, and in person, whatever I could with the books, excuse me. And then there was an online course that was available. So I studied online and then I went in person and did up to my level four training. And I've just been sharing it passionately with friends and family ever since. Yeah. So um, level four is so I, obviously there's certain levels to it, I take it. Well, it depends on the school you go to. I mean, there's a few different schools. So there's the School of Human Design. I believe it's in UK, started there. And then there's, an, so the, the teacher, the first, okay. So the person who downloaded this information, he goes by the name of Ra, which means son. And he taught this system to some people. And the person I was taught, 
taught from. His name was Chaitan Parkin. He was actually the first teacher of human design. So he learned directly from Ra and he became the first teacher of the system. So he has his own classes in school. And I believe there's another one as well. So I studied under Chaitan Parkin and his partner is an astrologer who also knows human design. So they bring in the flair of both systems. So it's kind of interesting that way. Yeah. Yeah. It almost sounds a little bit like Reiki, how you got the lineage of, you know, all the different teachers and then this teacher, and then it branches out. So you're pretty close to the lineage of the original person, which is good because a lot of times, you know, information gets watered down through that, you know, totally. over the, over the years, over the years. And um, I mean, this was done in 1980. Was the, when it really started? 86, I believe. 1986, I believe, was the year it was downloaded. And they were talking about, they were talking about neutrino science 10 years before science proved it. So human design was talking about neutrinos, which were to date the smallest particle. Um, like right now, it's the smartest particle ever found. And they, they were talking about neutrinos before science ever found them, before science ever validated that they even existed. So I believe there's something to this system. It's very accurate in the sense that it's bio biologically accurate because the I Ching has 64 there's 64 parts to the I Ching if anybody knows that I don't know the I Ching on its own I just know it within the human design system and there's also 64 codons within our genetic blueprint okay and so that's why I find it so accurate it's actually based on our genetic blueprint so it's not just based on the stars and not that there's anything inaccurate that's based on the stars and astrology, but it takes it to another level. And okay. that's why there's so many layers to it as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the interesting part. Like, I mean, it's so vast, like the information is so vast and I was doing my research and I was like, man, I could take me weeks just to get through all this stuff, just to break it down onto the various system. Cause they break it down in various systems and how they look at it. And it goes from this to this. Then it goes over to this one and it takes a little bit of this one. And uh, I think it's just uh, really interesting. So how do like the neutrinos fit into the whole topic of human design? Where does that come from? They're kind of like what gives us the energy. So the idea is planets have energy. Planetary bodies have energy. So the neutrinos are particles that travel and in a, like an, a square inch, there's, I don't know, billions of these little particles. So they're all over us. They're all over the world and they travel through the planets and things like that. And they're traveling everywhere all the time, right? So the idea is we have a life chart. So that's the moment we were, we were born. And that's like a snapshot of who we are in this lifetime, because in that moment when we were born, it takes a picture of what's going on planetarily, what's going on. And the neutrinos are kind of like they fit in there energetically because they imprint, they bring the messages of those planets. They bring the energy of that chakra. They, they kind of imprint the system all over the place. Okay. That's, that's pretty fascinating. So they're basically the, like the messengers, like they're the ones that have the, all the information. They're the ones that's kind of pre-programming our yeah. soul, I guess, in some way, would that be correct? That's way? a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pre-programming the soul. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating. I, I, I love learning about this stuff. I mean, I can go on for days and that's why I created this podcast. I mean, a little bit of a little bit of selfishness because I wanted to learn, you know, because there's so many great healers, so many information out there. And I just love meeting new people who are out there helping people. I, I just love that. So let's talk about auras because, you know, you touched on it just briefly about being the manifester and stuff like that. And um, can you just touch on, I think it's the, what the four types of uh, auras? Yes, there are four types of auras. So the auras are based on 
the different energy types. So how it works is the energy types that we have, our aura basically is what people find about us before we even speak to somebody. So energetically, this is a communication we have between human beings energetically. So some people can see auras, some people can see colors in auras. So how auras relate to human design is there's different types of auras. So there's the auras that emit energy and they kind of push energy out. There's the auras that invite energy in. There's the radiating auras. So this sort of is based on your energy type. So what kind of energy type a person is. So we've got four basic energy types are the manifester, the generator, and then the manifesting generator falls under the generator category, but it is a bit of a separate thing. We've got the projector and we've got the reflector. So if you think about this in terms of, let's say an act, uh, a screenplay, you've got actors on your, you've got a play, right? So you've got the manifestors would be the directors. They're the ones who direct the show. The generators would be the actors, the ones in the play. The producers are the projectors and then the reflectors are the true audience. So how it works is, yeah, we've got the, Generators make up about 70% of the entire population, 70 to 80%. And so their auras are very um, open. They're, they're open to receiving information from the outside world and they respond to the outside world. So they're not actually supposed to initiate things. The manifestors are the true initiators in the world. And I know there's a big buzzword these days about manifestation, manifest, everybody wants to manifest something. It's, it's great. We all want to create something in our lives. Yet at the same time, a true manifester uh, is a very limited percentage of the population. So how everyone else creates is a little bit different. There's a nuance to it. So for instance, the 70% of people who are generators, they create through response to their environment. So I often get, well, if I, I want to create, like people have this energy that they want to do something with it, right? They want to make an impact on the world. They want to add value to society. So what happens is generators like, well, I don't want to wait for something. I want to do something. But waiting is in silence is kind of like you're always doing something. You're always responding to something because there's even a dog barking outside or the birds chirping, or there's always something to respond to. It doesn't necessarily have to be a direct question or an invitation from someone else, although it could be. The, the um, sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place because there's so much I could talk about. So I'm trying to narrow it down. No, it's okay. The, we, we have some time. We have time. Take your time. And yeah, because I, I really want to um, really let people know what it's really all about. So take your time go through it. Um, and uh, worst case scenario, if we just get really crazy and go, I go off the charts here, it's, it's fine too as well. So just, yeah, just keep flowing with that because I, this is what I really want. I want people to understand how valuable this information is and what it really means. So then when they do decide to get a chart done that they can go, okay, now it makes sense. I'm a manifester. Oh, I know that, that. So just keep going. Okay, great. So we're talking about manifestors and then we're talking, that's where we're kind of left off with. Okay. So the manifestors are the ones that create, they're, they're the ones that make stuff happen. So this is what, what often happens to a manifestor is they, they have this energy that they walk into a room and they just have this igniting energy. They have this shaking it up kind of energy. And this is often perceived 
by other people, which are the generators, right? So the, the manifestors, I'm sorry, I think I said earlier that the projectors were the, were the producers. The manifestors are actually the producers and the projectors are the directors. My mistake. Okay. So you've got, a, you've got the manifestor here, and this is about nine to 10% of the population, okay? They are the movers and the shakers. They're the real ones who go out and make it happen. But what happens is you've got your generators, which are 70% of the population, and they're kind of used to the way things are. So a manifestor walks in the room and all of a sudden the, the rest of the people can get a little bit like nervous, this nervous energy, like, okay, what are you about to do? What's about to happen? I feel like something's about to change here and, and it's going to stir me up, right? And that makes them nervous because they don't know what's going to happen next. Whereas with a manifestor, the last thing they want to do is get permission or talk to anybody about what their plans are because they don't need permission from anybody else. They just want to get out there and do what they do best, which is make stuff happen. So for them, it's very difficult to go out into the world and do what they do naturally without getting resistance from other people. And it's not like the other people are wanting to give them resistance. It's just an energetic play going on here. So most other people will get a little upset, um, just energetically a little bit shaky when a manifestor energy is doing their thing. So what we say to manifestors, and it's easy to find out what you naturally are. You can just go, to, there's all kinds of free charts you can get online uh, so you can see what you are and they'll give you a breakdown of, of what your type and authority is and your profile as well. So what we say to manifestors is just inform people, tell people what you're up to. I know that's the last thing you want to do, but if you can get into the habit of just saying, hey, I'm, I, I'm just gonna be, you know, going to the store and picking this up, you know, I'll be back soon or whatever it is you're doing. Just tell people and chances are once people know what you're up to, they'll be like, oh, that's it. Okay, yeah, go ahead. And they'll energetically pull back and give you permission to do what it is you want to do anyways. So that's my advice to the man to the manifestors because they do definitely have a challenge with everybody else getting all freaked out about what they're doing and they're not really doing anything, just being themselves. Yeah, so that's the beauty of, go ahead. No, I'm just saying it, I can really see that push pull, you know, in a relationship. If one's a manifester and one is a, a generator, like there's kind of like that push pull type thing. Right. And there's that, you know, that makes sense. You can see why he's a manifester because, you know, I'm always feeling this anxious. Like, what is he up to? What, what, what is she doing? And then once the, you know, Hey, I'm just going for, uh, you know, I'm going down, down the street here to get something done. <laughs> and there's just, oh, okay, that makes sense. Honestly, Michael, I think this is one of the best marriage counseling that there is, is just getting your relationship reading done because so much understanding can come from just realizing, oh, they're not really out to get me and make my life miserable. This is just who they are or whatever might be, yeah. might be the case. Yeah. So and I think that's, got your... yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's so it's, it's, it could save probably so many, so many relationships just from that. I was just listening to them going, yeah, I think. Yeah, I've, I've been in one of those relationships. I think I was, I'm not sure if I'm a manifester or I'm a generator. I'm not quite sure about it. How would you figure I'd have that to out? See your, I'd have to see your chart. So it's based on, it's based on the different, um, here, I have this here that I can show you. It's the cover the, of one of the books. Yeah, is that wow. Green? So this yeah. is a life chart basically right here. So, and these are the different centers. Yeah, and depending on which ones of them are colored in, and then whether they're connected to the throat center, that would a motor center connected to a throat would make you a manifester. But if you have this red square here, that would make you a generator. And then you could be a manifesting generator. So there's, there's different ways to tell what you are. And like I said, if you get a free chart, 
done online, it usually gives you the outline of what your basic characteristics are. So that plays into not only just the astrology chart they're looking around, but it also plays into the chakra system because I was looking at the triangle there, where the things, but it also reminds me of acupuncture in meridian lines because you have a spleen in there too as well. Mm -hmm. And spleen is very big in TCM practitioners um, because that's where a lot of the thought and overthinking and things like that is, is taking place. So it's really interesting where you have like the chakra system, but it's not like a traditional seven chakras lined up, but it's nine, isn't it? It's nine points. It's nine points. They have two other points on the side here. So it's got the seven in the center. Well, it's not, it's actually six in the center, one off to the side, that's the heart. And then we've got the, the spleen on one side and the solar plexus, which is the emotion center on the other side. Okay. The theory is that we're evolving into a nine centered being. Like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen in my lifetime that people are going to start to accept that as truth, but um, it's definitely, you're right. The spleen is where all our fears lie. That's our health and wellness. And it's the center of well-being. It's the center of, so each one of the different gates within one of those has a different fear associated with it. So it's all about survival. Yeah. yeah so it's it, very accurate to a lot of the, the systems like TCM and whatnot. Yeah. It, it, that's what makes it so fascinating. Cause when I was looking at it, well, that reminds me of TCM. And then, then the whole idea with the chakra systems and because uh, I'm my background's in Reiki. So it's like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. That's kind of like the whole Reiki in the connection between the organs and things like that. And it's very, uh, it's, it's interesting because it really focuses on it. From what I see, it really focuses on the, the third center because you get the spleen, which is in the third center. You have, well, the heart just above the third center. And then what was the other organ on the other side? It was the heart, the heart, solar spleen, plexus, solar plexus. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so solar plexus, third chakra, spleen is third chakra. So you have those really interconnected too, as well. Yeah, they're all interconnected and it's fascinating how the energy flows throughout the system. And so what happens is if someone gets a chart and they see some of the, the shapes, which are the centers, the chakra centers are colored in and some of them are not. Right. So that's depending on whether you have two gates that are attached on either side. That's when you color them in. So some people are like, well, how come I don't have it colored in? How come you do? And it's there's no right and there's no wrong. It's just the way energy flows. So even if somebody has a lot of white in their chart, a lot of uncolored in centers, it doesn't really matter because throughout a course of a lifetime, we're going to experience everything anyways. So what happens is if they're colored in in our chart, that means they're consistently accessible for us in this lifetime. That means it's it's set in, in our ways. That means that means that we are born with this certain characteristic and it expresses itself this way throughout our lives. Whereas if something is uncolored on the chart, it means it's open to conditioning from other people. And it's also open to wisdom, gaining wisdom, because you're more open. You're not fixed in a certain way. You're more open and you get to experience all the different aspects of it. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, so are the, the chakras in, because usually in a chakra system, they talk about the organs that are affected in that area. But there's also a, a level of mind that goes with that too, as well. Is that very similar? And also certain emotions and various organs in the system, are they still the same uh, in, within the human design system as they are in the, just a traditional chakra system? I can't say that I know the traditional chakra system that well, but I, I will say that there are very similar characteristics. So the solar plexus is all about the emotions. The sacral has a similar energy of sex, raw power, life force creation. You've got the heart 
and here the heart is all about willpower and ego driven and money matters. So that's a little bit different, I think, than the chakra system that I'm familiar with. You've got the self and the self is about love and direction in this sense. Then you've got the throat and the throat is manifestation. So it's manifestation, two parts. It's through action and it's manifestation through words. Okay. And then you've got the mind center. So the mind is the mind. That's where we process information. Then you've got the crown, which is all about inspiration coming out from, from everywhere. Inspiration comes to us from all places. And did I mention the root at the bottom? We also have nope. the root center. So it starts in the root, then goes up to the sacral. And then on the two sides, we've got the spleen and the solar plexus. So the emotions and the health and well-being. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's very, very similar. It's yeah, it's it sounds very similar. I love the idea with the inspiration part too as well, because it ended up coming from source, from you know, all that creative energy coming down in within the body, moving through the body. Yeah, it's 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 so fascinating. Now let's talk about a little bit about um, personality versus design. This is something I saw in there and they really focused on that a lot. Can you maybe just touch on what that is all about? Sure. Yeah. So to my understanding, personality versus design is we're born into this world and we're helpless. So we have caregivers. They raise us. And then we go to school. Our teachers tell us things. Our, you know, some of us are in religions. We go, our priests tell us things. Our parents tell us things. So there's this level of conditioning that we develop throughout our life. Then there's, there's media, there's social um, society, billboards, all that kind of stuff, magazines, everything telling us who we should be, how we should act, what traits are admirable and which ones are not. You know, a lot of people are told to suppress anger and, you know, put on a happy face. So throughout our lives, we're conditioned and we're constantly being conditioned to be this person and to act like this person and to do this even sometimes, you know, go to school, go to university, get a, get a good full-time job. Like even our life gets planned out for so many people by well-meaning individuals, right? Like everyone thinks they want their kids, like as a parent, I want my son to be happy. I want, you know, what's best for him. And I think I know what's best for him, but in reality, I might not actually know what's best for him. Only he truly knows what's best for him. So what human design does is it helps us strip away all these layers of conditioning, because when you live by design, you're actually discovering who you were born to be in this lifetime. So you're discovering what's actually part of you and what's not. So when I was in high school, for instance, I played on a lot of sports teams and I was pretty good. Like I'm, I'm not very tall, but I was actually MVP in basketball one year. I played on the volleyball team, tennis, all kinds of stuff, soccer. And I had this competitive streak in me, I guess you can say, because that's just what I was told to do, right? Beat everybody, you know, be the winner, whatever. And then when I got my design read, she says, I'm not meant to be competitive. And I was like, I was floored. I was like, what do you mean I'm not meant to be competitive? But I'm, I was told that I have to be competitive and this and that. And then the more I sat with that information and the more I realized I never liked being competitive. I just like playing the sport for the activity, for the exercise, for the camaraderie. I didn't actually care whether I won or lost, but there was all this pressure from the coaches and the other team members, you know what I mean? So that's just one example of personality versus design, right? We, I was raised to be competitive, but in reality, I'm not competitive. You know, I just wanted to have fun. How liberating was that? It was huge. It was confusing at first because I was like, no, that can't be right. But it was once I sat with it and I realized, yeah, there's truth in that. 
So that's, I find there's two types of people who come and get readings. One type of person is already on a self uh, journey of self-discovery and they want to know more and they're digging more. And when they come to me and I tell them about their chart, they're just like getting validation. They're like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, you're right. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so excited to hear this. Right. Cause it's just validating what they already know. And then there's a second type of person who comes to me, who's like really feeling lost and doesn't know the next step in their life. And they're looking for direction. And when I read for some of these people, a lot of them are kind of like, that doesn't sound like me at all, what you're saying. And I find that's because they're living more by personality than by design. They have yet to tap into their design. Because once somebody starts to realize more of who they are and they strip the layers of who they are not, they start to realize that society may have told them they're this and that and the other. But in reality, when, when their true essence comes shining through, that's when they feel more like themselves. That's when they feel like they have purpose and direction in life. And human design is just a tool to help you get there faster. You know, there's yeah. lots of ways people can get there. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I know I, it's taken me a long time to figure things out, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if this was like done, like if I would have known about this 10 years ago, it would have saved me so much more pain than, you know, cause I was that guy who was lost and looking for direction and, you know, I could have used this information and, uh, you know, I think it would have been an invaluable tool. Do you find that when you, when you do those readings, when those particular people, they just found there's a lot of resistance because you'd say a this, little so, bit. Yeah, a little bit because it's like it's like trying on a, a new pair of pants that doesn't quite fit yet. It's like somebody gave you these hand me downs and you're like, well, I don't know, it doesn't feel like me like if somebody's used to baggy clothes, and then you give them a fitted outfit. And they're like, I don't know, it feels awkward and uncomfortable. So I think, I think you're right, getting these tools as soon as possible is a good thing. But I'll tell you, Michael, I learned about my design, what is it over 15 years ago, and I'm still learning from my chart. Like there's still pieces of information that land in my body today that are like brand new awarenesses. Because even though I knew it, I knew it theoretically at first and then I had to embody it. And every day I live my life, I have to realize, am I living by design or am I living by personality? It's a constant journey. It's not like we get there one day and that's it, we're done. Otherwise we'd be enlightened and we'd be off the planet. It's a constant journey, right? We can't, we can't have that. I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? It's not just one and done and we're it and that's all. Come on. Well, if you can prove that's me what, wrong. That's what, that's what I wanted. That's what everybody's listening to. It's like, I want human design to save me. Come on. Yeah, sorry. It's not here to save you. It's just here to, I think it's here to help you be more of you. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's the beauty of it. It's finding life purpose and just getting some clarity in life. And I had a uh, lady on Amber, uh, who was a clarity expert. And we talked about that and clarity and life purpose is so profound, so powerful because you just know what you do and then you can focus your energy towards that life purpose. It just makes things so much easier. It's like, you know, everybody's been telling you to be a doctor and you never wanted to be a doctor. You wanted to be an artist. You know, mm -hmm. you spend all that energy in one direction for years and, just, you know, going to university and going through med school. And for some reason, you just did that because everybody told you, you should go to become a doctor. You need to become a doctor. Meanwhile, in the heart, they just want to basically live in Paris and paint paintings and live their life. And, you know, on the, you know, and it's just so interesting once you found those life purposes and you can just, you can still make a, a beautiful living being an artist. There's passion in that. And there's, there's amazing freedom and joy just to be able to express your who you really are, which is so fascinating.
Absolutely. And there's support for that too, because some people actually have that in their design. There's a channel 1648, which is called talent. And what it is, is honing in on a talent that's yours. So it could be anything. It could be painting. It could be architecture. It could be molding or sculpting. And once you find that talent, part of it is reaching out and getting people to support you in this, literally financially support you so that you can work on your talent while all the other things in life are taken care of for you. So there's so much involved in really honing in. I did a reading for a friend of mine who wasn't sure about starting her own business. And when I found, when I found out that she had all these entrepreneurial uh, trains uh, channels in her chart and I let her know about this, she was just like, what, really? Because she was second guessing herself. And now she's, out, she's got a thriving business, even amongst all the the lockdowns that some people are experiencing. She's still open. She's doing amazingly well. And it's all because, not all because, but knowing that she had this as part of her design really helped her embrace it. This idea yeah. of like jumping, jumping forward from, you know, being a nine to five or to being an entrepreneur, for instance, that's one example as well. So it, it will actually look at, um, at talents too. So they'll, there's, is there a chart specifically for certain talents? And not necessarily specific talents, but some people just have a knack for talent in general, like mastering something. Like not everybody, some people are more dabblers. Some people are, they have the patience and the withal to take one thing and, you know, study it inside and out and just become masters of it. Like, so it's more along those lines as opposed to, you know, you're supposed to be this in life and you're supposed to do that. It'll, it'll give you things like you are a natural teacher or a mediator. It'll give you things that are like sort of natural to people in communication styles. It'll look at what planets are around for your Mars, which is our work in the world. So there's a lot of different things we can look at to help hone in on what is a good fit for somebody professionally. But ultimately it's always up to the individual. The individual has to follow their authority because that's a decision-making part of the human design chart as well. They have to ultimately follow that, not listen to what I say or any other human design consultant says. We can just tell you, you know, this is strong in your chart. This is a strength. And this is, this is not natural to you or this is natural to you. And then from there, you have to follow, well, some, if you're a projector, somebody has to give you an invitation. Somebody has to recognize your contribution and give you uh, something that's valid to, to say yes to. If you're, you know, if you're a generator, do you have the energy to, to go through with this project that somebody just asked you to do? Like there's all kinds of other things and this is on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's why I say, it's not like you get your chart read and, and that's it. Like this is something we work with every single day of our lives because we're constantly interacting with other human beings. We're constantly living our life. And while we're living our life, we have to say, well, are we, where are we living it from? Are we living it from who we were trained to be and conditioned to be? Or have we finally found what's inside of us? And are we able to live now from who we truly are? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that in itself, just knowing that awareness, those little, that little small little bit can really make profound changes in your life. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It, it's so, so amazing. So let's break down. How does, how does the system work? So if I was your client and I went into your office or online and stuff like this, so how does it start with you? What do you, what information do you need? Do, do you need like my time of birth, like a, my birth mm -hmm. date? Is that where it usually starts off with? And then you- yes. Always starts with a birth date, birth time, and birth place. 
And time is kind of important because throughout a day, a chart can change on a few different aspects. So if you can find, like I had to call, I was born in Europe. I actually had to call my aunt who still lives there. She had to go to the hospital and pull up my records to find my exact birth time because my mom couldn't remember. So if there's a way that someone can find their exact birth time, I highly recommend it. And it might not even be accurate. It might be a few minutes off, but it's, it's, it's going to be better than just having an entire day because things can change and then it's not accurate. So those three pieces of information are all we would need. And then I would pull up your life chart from there. And so your life chart, basically, I don't even have one here to show you, but it's, it's okay. kind of like this, but then it has numbers on one side and numbers on the other side. So I'm the one who interprets the life chart. That's my job as a human design consultant. As I interpret the life chart, I'll tell you, well, what, is that, what does it mean? Because it's like a bunch of pictures, a bunch of lines, it's some colors and numbers and planetary symbols. And it's like, what is this? So <laughs> yeah, when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, I would not be able to decipher this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot to learn, but you could, I learned in stages, right? So there's basically three keys. So type and authority and profile. So those are the things we always start with. So I kind of brushed a little bit on the energy types with you already. That's your manifester, generator, projector, and reflector. Those are the energy types. So we'd start with that, tell you what energy type you are. And what does that mean? Like, what does that mean that you're at that energy type? How do I how do I function as that energy type? How do people see me? How do people relate to me? How do I relate to other people? That kind of stuff. Then the second thing I would go over is your authority. So your authority is how you are here to make decisions in life. Now, again, going back to how we were all trained in school, when it's time to make a decision, I was told to think about it, write down a list of pros and cons and weigh it out. You know, what makes the most sense? But our mind is, is not our sense of authority. It's not even an authority in, in the human design chart. So this is sometimes news for people when I tell them, do not make decisions based on your mind ever. There's never a right time to make any decision based on what your mind is telling you because our minds are brilliant. They're phenomenal at taking bits of information and organizing them and making sense out of them and solving problems and all kinds of great stuff, but they're not our authority to what's what we should do, what steps we should take. So then that's the next thing I teach people is what is your specific authority? So there's six of them. You could be an emotional authority, which is the most common. About half of the people in the world have an emotional authority. So what that means is your emotions have to guide you. And you definitely don't want them to guide you when you're either up here feeling super, super amazing or when you're down here feeling super, super low. You always want to find a level keel, like a calmness on, an, on, a, on a lake. You can see the reflection when you're in that space. That's when you can make a good decision for you because decisions are huge, Michael. Some people make a decision and it, they have to live with the consequence for the rest of their lives, whether it's to marry somebody, to move somewhere, to, to get a job they can't get out of, to have a child or not. Like there are so many decisions that we make, like some of the daily decisions, like what to have for dinner, aren't that big, but these are the ones we practice on. The ones that aren't that big are the ones we play with, right? When you find out what's your way to, to make a decision, then you start playing with things that don't really matter. And then when you get good at recognizing how that feels in your body, when you need to make a decision, then when the big decisions come and it matters, then you'll have that reference point within that you can say, okay, I know this feeling I've done this before. And the last time I didn't listen to this, it was a bad decision. So this time I'm going to listen to it. Right. Not there, not the brain. No, I'm <laughs> pointing others. to myself. I'm listening oh. to that. It's like me. Yes. Yes. I, I all just, of us, yeah. all of us, I think, 
even yeah, so after I knew my human design chart, I made some decisions that I, I, I looking back, hindsight is always 2020, right? Looking back, I'm like, I knew it. I should have listened to myself. <laughs> yeah. Like I was so closed off to listening to myself and I look back and I've just made so many just bad judgment calls. And, and I look back and it's like, God, I wish I had a do over. Because I just, I mean, but then also I looked at also, I would not have the experiences and the wisdom from those experiences. Because now I know it's like, yeah, you don't want to be doing that anymore. No, and exactly. And everything we have done up till this point in our lives has brought us here. So I'm gr grateful and thankful for all of it and the lessons we've learned along the way. So it's always good to just come from that space and then have better tools moving forward, I think. Yeah. So let's keep talking about the authority. You said there's there's six different versions of that. So we touched on the emotional one. So what yes. else, what other ones are do we have? So the next one is sacral. So if you're okay. a generator, you most likely have a sacral authority. So that's that big red square. That's that life force center. If that's if that's colored in, most likely you're a generator. So what is a generator? Generators, remember I said they're about 70% of the population. So these are like the workhorses. These are like the these are the actors on the stage, if you want to, if you want to use that analogy, but these are the people who have the energy. They're like the batteries. Okay. So they're actually the ones who do the work. They're, they're the ones who get dirty. They're the ones who get stuff done. Okay. So, which is great. There's a couple things you need to be aware of though, being a generator, if you are a generator is you have all this energy and other people might want to tap into that energy. Okay, so other people are going to try to get you to do things for them or commit to their projects or say yes to their ideas or what have you. Okay, like this is, and this is so unconscious sometimes, like even family members and family dynamics, you'll notice this happening, you know, like some people are just constantly the doers and some people are just the askers or the sitting. And, and it's not always bad because sometimes it's part of your design, like some like the projectors, for instance, just do not have the same energy power. So they they have spurts of energy. They get stuff done and then they need a rest. And then they can get stuff done again, but then they need a rest. So if somebody doesn't know that about themselves, they might be hard on themselves and thinking, well, how come I can't keep up? Everybody's just going, going, going. And here I am, I have to sit down for a while and drink a cup of tea or listen to the birds, you know? So the the generators have that energy, okay? But another thing I need to mention about the generators is, once you commit to something, it's very difficult, Michael, to turn that off. So it's kind of like it has an on switch, but it's not that the off switch is hard to find. So that's another reason why I say it's so important. If you're a generator, you need to tap into this authority to tap into if somebody wants you to commit your energy to something, do you have the energy to commit to it? Because if you say yes, even if you don't have that energy, but you mistakenly say yes, you're going to feel obligated and you're going to you're going to do this thing, whatever it is, and it could, it'll be draining your own energy source over time. And then you'll get resentful. And then that causes stress in relationships. And then it causes like self, self-criticism and all kinds of stuff like that. So it's super important that when you have a commitment, you commit to the right things because your body will tell you once you get good at listening to it, it's going to be either so if you're a generator, get the people in your life to ask you yes and no questions. That's it. You don't want open-ended questions. You want yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. And, and start with simple, easy things. Like instead of what do you want to have for dinner? That's too open-ended. That's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like that's just too broad. A generator can't respond to that. Generators need to respond. So get a question like, 
do you want pizza for dinner? And somebody will immediately be like either, yeah, sometimes they'll move in, they'll move in toward, or they'll open, there'll be like an opening here, or their voice will be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And if it's a no, like, um, do you want Mexican for dinner? Nuh-uh. Like you'll, uh-uh, you'll get the vocals or you'll get the, the literal kind of shutting down in here, or you'll literally move back kind of like it's, there's a few different ways that it works for people. And sometimes all three of them are there. But start with small things like dinner, right? And get people to ask you yes and no questions so you can tap into your own sense of what does it feel like to say yes? And what does it feel like in my body to say no? And that way, when it comes to bigger things like commitments of time, energy, resources, you'll be able to tap into that because you'll be familiar with that feeling. And then you'll more and more make the right decisions for you. And then you'll find that you're just living in the flow of life. And yeah. that's when life gets beautiful. Yeah, because it just there's less struggle because you're you're not fighting against your own you know well being, and mm. so much uh, so many of us do that all the time. I mean, I've been guilty of that. I think I still do, but I'm I'm learning slowly, like my yeses and my noes, and I listen to my gut feeling. And again, I think it's just like that retraining yourself to be yes. part of that. But once you have the awareness of that's who you are, then you don't get kind of stuck in that you know that uh, kind of unconscious mode where you just kind of going throughout the day and you realize, wait a minute, I'm still doing what I used to do. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, okay, let me, let me figure this out. Let me ask those questions. Let me get back into that groove again. Do I need the yes to do? I need the no questions. How do I feel? And you're getting that feedback, that kind of biofeedback from your body. Totally. And this could be all day long, you know, is it time to rest now? Yes or no? Like just anything, anything you need to, to make a decision on. It's fascinating. So then the next, the next one is the splenic authority. So we okay. talked about spleen earlier a little bit. It's our sense of well-being. So the spleen is very quick. It gives us, it gives us like a voice, like a, it gives us like a message, but it's very fast. It's not something that, um, that takes a lot of time and it doesn't repeat itself necessarily. So if you have a splenic authority, you kind of instantaneously get this nudge. You instantaneously get this instinct. Okay. This is about the instinct. It's an instantaneous thing and it's quick and it doesn't always make sense. So I like to use the example of someone with a defined spleen will know when they go into an environment, whether or not it's a good place for them to be healthy for them to be at. It doesn't matter if it's the smell of the place, the sound of the place, or just a general feeling or vibration that they're getting. So let's say a group of people are going out to a restaurant to eat and, you know, they've made a reservation, they've paid for parking, they walk into the restaurant, all of a sudden the person with the spleen defined says, I don't know what it is, but I don't want to, I don't want to eat here. And they don't necessarily have to understand why they just have to listen to that instinct that's telling them this is not a good place for them to be in at the moment. So even though it doesn't make sense because they already paid for parking, they had reservations, you know, whatever all the reasons are, that doesn't matter. The person who gets that instinct, it's best for them to follow it and realize, okay, I need to leave. If you guys want to stay and eat, that's fine. I'm going to go do whatever over there. Um, the more that person with a splint, spleen defined starts to listen to that instantaneous voice, and it's not necessarily a voice in your head, but like an instantaneous instinct that they get about this place is good for me and this place is not good for me. That's their decision-making capability. And it happens with people too. We meet people sometimes and we instantly get a feeling that they're a good person or vice versa, right? Yeah. 
So these are things a lot of times if you if you ask someone about something, let's say a business deal gone bad, and you, you listen to their words, they're like, I knew something was off about this person when I first met them. I had this feeling and I didn't listen to it, you know? Yeah. These so are those often, so often. That's, you know, that's so fascinating. Now, just a quick question. Do you find that some people actually have aspects of different ones? Like instead of just saying one, they're spleen or they're this, that they had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yes, a little bit of absolutely. this too as well. Absolutely. So you could have your emotions defined and your sacral center defined. So what that means is you're going to get your gut response, your yes or your no, but you ultimately are going to wait for that emotional calm before you make your decision. And if you have your splenic in, involved as well, then it's going to be some instantaneous messages, but they kind of go in order. They kind of go in order of intensity. So the, the emotions is always the strongest. It trumps everything. And then it's the sacral and then it's the splenic and then it moves up to the heart and then it moves up to the self and then it moves up to this area. So it's, some people have really subtle, subtle, like if you're in your self center, it's a very subtle, almost like a, it's been described as sort of like a butterfly opening within. It's a very quiet one. So what I need to, what I need to say as well is if you're one of those people who has a less common authority, so you're not emotional, which is about 50% of the population. You're not sacral, which is also gut instinct, pretty, pretty popular. You're, you're not splenic. Like if you're like, even if you're splenic, sometimes that can get overridden really easily. But especially if you're, if your bottom half is open and up here, you're defined. What happens very commonly is you'll get overridden by the stronger energy types because the emotions are actually one of the most strongest things we have as humans is emotions. And a lot of times, even though you're listening, let's say the splenic person is listening to their gut about that restaurant and they don't want to go in, but there was somebody that's emotionally defined and is getting irritated because of the parking they paid for and what they had to do to get here and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden they're like, no, we're staying, we're eating here. And then the splenic person just kind of, okay. And they're going against themselves and this emotional authority is overriding it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 100%. That, I mean, that's just everybody's dynamic who have had friends. You know, uh, I've, I've been in so many situations like, yeah, that's because I can, I, the reason I asked why do you have similar, you know, or certain aspects of, of each one. And I was thinking about myself, you know, because sometimes I'm very splenic. And I was listening to that. It's like, yeah, I have a gut feel or not this, that intuitive feeling. I walked into the place. And it's almost like I've had that situation where it's like, I walk into a building and go, yeah, I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. and, go, and then I had a friend of mine. It's like, yeah, we're staying, we're staying, you know? And it's like, yeah, no, I, I don't want, <laughs> but eventually like I listened, like, it's like, no, I'm sorry. I mean, I hate to do this to you, but, but enough of my friends know about who I am and how sensitive I am to energies and stuff like that. So they kind of, when I have my, like I always say, my spidey sense goes off. There's a reason why my spidey sense is going off, you know? Yes. Exactly. So now that you've, your friends understand more of who you are, they can, okay, yeah, Michael's just going to go do his own thing now. So that's exactly what this system allows us to do is tell the people in our lives, teach them a little bit about who we are. That'll make communication and relationships flow easier as well. Yeah, it, it's really is like a, a real blueprint for your life. Like they talked about, it. it's like that user manual. And once you have like your blueprint of kind of figuring it out, and again, it's not just one thing. It's not just astrology. It's not just Kabbalah. It's the combination of different things. 
this was downloaded. But I think a lot of the information and astrology and I Ching and everything else is all downloaded anyways. That's, you know, that's all spirit driven stuff, you know, all that vast of information. I mean, we humans think we're smart, but we're really not that smart. You know, the universe has got, got a little bit more knowledge than us. So um, <laughs> just a tad. Yeah, that's right. I think it's always fascinating when you can bring something like this out there and allow people to understand better about what's happening in their lives. I think it's fantastic. Um, so is it a very lengthy process? Like, I mean, how long does the session take um, when you do it? So well, I have three levels, well, two levels of readings. So the basic reading would be the three keys. So type authority and profile, which we haven't discussed yet. So it'd be those three keys. Plus I would go over the different like chakra centers in the bot, in the, in your chart, what it means, whether you have it defined or undefined, I would do that. And if I have time, I would go into the channels as well. So that's just your basic reading. That's about 90 minutes. And then there's the advanced reading, which is roughly around three hours, because then I go into every single gate that you have. So, and, and a lot of details. Uh, so, because you have different gates, 64 gates, and then within each gate, there's six different lines. And then there's your incarnation theme. So there's, there's a lot of layers and levels of information. So I find it's easier, even when I do uh, advanced reading, I find it easier to split it into two. Like I'll give them the basic information first, let the person chew on it for a while. Then we come back and meet again and I will do part two. And that way I can answer any questions they have. Cause it, I find <laughs> in the beginning, everybody's like, yeah, they're soaking it up. And then like after about an hour, they're just like, this is like, oh my God, there's just so much here. And so like, I get it. People can only absorb so much. Their sponge gets full, right? So I record every session. And like I said, I'm still learning things from my reading 15 years ago. So that's why I record it because we're at a certain space in our lives and we can learn certain lessons and resonate with certain parts of our design right now. And then as we grow and evolve into our better selves, then other, other parts of our chart will become more parent to us and we'll be able to e easily work with this aspect and that aspect so it's a constant right it's a constant journey and it's a constant delving deeper into our own designs so that's why I give make the information available to you to repeat and listen to at your leisure whenever you want to so is there a printout too as well so do you have like a printout of your chart I know some astrologers will have like a printout of where you're where you are when your planets are so because of that uh, chart did you have like you do a chart and just so that they can look at it too as well yes yeah so they, they can look a at the chart as well for sure so because I kind of go explain to them like as I'm going I'm like well I'm looking at this right now and this is what I'm talking about just to give people a visual yeah so they'll get like a, a like almost like a manual is it a thick manual or is it just like, a well, the written, like, you mean a written manual? Yeah. I'm working, I'm working on that right now, actually writing up everything. Cause I've been asked by a few people, whether I can give them like a written. So I'm working on that. Cause I have, um, there are systems out there that you can get written manuals purchased already. Like your chart, you can buy like a basic reading. Um, so I'm working on my own manual version as well. That'll be coming soon. Nice. Nice little project there. Of, uh, what do we see? 2022? 2021? <laughs> yeah, we'll see when that gets finished. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. There's no hurry. You're still learning, right? So absolutely. I'm a student yeah. for life. Yeah. And it's fantastic. Well, Anna, well, we're almost out of time. Wow. That hour flew by. Yeah, it absolutely did. And I am again, so thankful for you being on the show today. It's, uh, it's been uh, very illuminating and I know you're probably going to get a few phone calls after this because I have a uh, 
I had a list of friends that were saying, okay, tell me when she's going to be on. Let me know when she's going to be on. And so I'm really excited, but I just, they know that I pre-record these. So this won't be until like August to see this, but I will definitely post it on my Instagram too, as well. So, but they, I, they, they will, they will know who you are. So that's the, that's the main thing. And uh, yeah, very, very fascinating. um, Everybody, if you're really, really interested and I highly recommend this, this will just be something that could be a game changer for you. Something simple, like you said, was 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Yeah. 90 minutes. And we need what, what, what piece of information we need a birth date, birth date, birth place and birth time, birth time. So if you're, that will probably be the most difficult. So, but if you get on it now and find it, I think you'll have a, an amazing time. And uh, so that being said, Anna, where can everybody find you? So people who are listening to this podcast, where can they find you? My human design website is called readmydesign.com. So R-E-A-D, mydesign.com. Okay. And um, I will have uh, information in the description below. So if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to on Spotify or Apple or any other platform, yeah, I'll have all that information for you. Well, thank you so much. And I know I'm just going to close off the program here. So this has been the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott. Thank you so much for joining me and goodbye for now.